If you haven't got anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's getting sped up. It's getting sped up and I'm going to... What is it? The three-star rating is like, would be good for the conferences, but issues may exist. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 130, recorded on May 16th, 2023. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host, Bryce, we interview two guests, Tristan Brindle and Ben Dean. In this part one of a two-part series, we recap C++ Now 2023. Anyways, let's uh, let's let's hop into the uh, official, well, maybe some of that will make it in, maybe some of that won't, but today we are here with... Have we actually, we've done one of these four person, we did it with uh, Chandler and Patricia, we did it with, was it you, Ben, and Tony Vanierd uh, at C++ uh, That was three person because Bryce wasn't there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Bryce wasn't <laughs> right, there. Right, 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 that, that's what I was about to say is the other time that we've done this with two guests. Oh, yeah, Eric and Otto. Oh, no, 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 we did that one too, but also like that C++ Now, like a few years ago, I wasn't able to make it and you did it with two guys. But as Ben just pointed out, that was uh, that was only three people. So this, I think, is the third time we've got four people. We're here today with Tristan, who was one of our most recent guests, maybe our most recent guest, actually, I think, um, in between a couple episodes that we did solo episodes. And we've also got uh, Ben Dean, who is been on the podcast now twice, I think, once during the C++ Now interview, and then once that got turned into, I think, a four-part algorithm discussion, we will link all of the previous episodes in the show notes. Also, too, before we let Tristan and Ben introduce themselves, uh, I had no idea, and maybe we can cut this out, too, if you don't want it. Um, I'm not sure if, if you introduce yourself at talks this way now, Ben. You work at Intel now. I do. Uh, I'm a principal engineer Wait, at what? Intel. Yeah, yeah, since October. I- how did I not know? I saw this on LinkedIn at some point, and then I was like, how am I not aware? First of all, you switched companies, which is just news, because I think we're pretty good friends. And then two, sure. it's to our, I mean, are they our arch enemies? Is that accurate to state? <laughs> I mean, if if they would be our arch enemies if they were good enough. <laughs> oh, I'm wounded. Well, since I joined, you better watch out. <laughs> now they're good at it, whatever it is. What are you? What are you doing at Intel? Uh, I work in the chipsets group. I work on the power management. I'm on the same team as Michael Case and Luke Valenti, uh, both of whom are, as you know, uh, conference speakers and and people active in the C community. Well, congratulations on the new job. It's very exciting. And uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, it, it is exciting. Well, I want to I want to understand a little bit more about like what exactly why does the Intel chipsets group want a bunch of C++ gurus to improve the C++. We're writing we're writing C++ 20 for for highly constrained embedded targets. So, okay. It is <clears throat> it is a interesting and exciting thing to work on just because of the frankly global impact that we can have, you know. We're writing the code that controls the power to Inside the chip, all the all the parts of the, at least of the south part of the chip, that's the chipsets, right? 
So do you do? You, is there like an internally they say this many billion devices are affected when you push code? Well, we don't say that, but um, but yeah, I mean that's I have a <laughs> I now have a moral weight on my shoulders that I didn't have when I was working in games or finance. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's what I think uh, when the Apple Clang folks or Marshall Clow, I've I've heard him say that in a few talks where you know when he's pushing code to lib C as I believe yeah, uh, that uh, library. Yeah. Um, that it, it goes to, you know, billions of devices. So it's... it's Potentially, like, you know. Yeah, certainly, you know. It's the same thing. Like if I manage to save milliwatts here, whatever, microwatts there, it the multiplicative effect is huge. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's one of the main pulls to working at a company like Intel or NVIDIA is that you're... Your the code that you work on is used by so many different people that having a small impact can have a huge effect. Yeah, my coworker said the other day, like every one of us could like remove, but like equivalent the equivalent of removing uh, pow- multiple power stations from the world. <laughs> wow, good job. You were going to say something, Tristan. I, well, I was pretty much going to say that you can actually sort of affect like global power consumption levels, um, yeah. which is which is crazy. Doing your bit for uh, the environment and climate change and all of that stuff. Yeah, Andre Alexandrescu, when he was at Facebook, I remember him saying in one of his talks as well that like you think that some of this stuff, like you know, fractions of a percent don't really matter, but a fraction of percent on like the number of devices that like facebook mobiles running on actually equals like millions and millions of dollars for facebook uh, which right. is in terms of like the data centers that they're you know hosting all their stuff like if you can make a very small change uh yeah the multiplicative effect ends up saving them like an immense amount of money which yeah not not all companies obviously if you're a small little startup are you gonna be able to say that very cool all right, well, we, we sort of skipped the whole introduction thing. That's because right. uh, yeah, We're not supposed to do that. Uh, but yeah, maybe uh, if we'll go to Tristan first. If, and I'm the unprofessional one, Connor. Hey, you never, you never <laughs> m- m- get the introductions right. And also, it's on brand. Oh, did you see? But I don't try to. And I, I, my premise is that we don't need them. <laughs> no, we do. And also, too, this is super on topic because right in the midst of trying to do the introductions, someone, so we're known as ADSP, that's our official name, algorithms plus data structures equals programs then we have adsp a discussion with sean parent then we've got our unofficial slogan that we got from reddit which is chaos with sprinkles of information and then sean baxter (laughs) replied on the most recent episode where we were talking about circle where you said he doesn't listen and he said he replied on twitter saying what are you talking about i listen to every episode of adhd the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i i I, for, for the record i did know that sean listened i just i just wanted to rile him up a little bit yeah i don't so i don't actually know which i what of those three i like best now but anyways that out of the way we'll throw it to tristan to introduce yourself in case because i think this series or however much however we cut this up is going to be quite popular based on what we're going to be talking about so well uh tristan go ahead okay uh my name is tristan i um uh, these days mostly a c++ trainer uh try and teach people bring them into our wonderful world of this horrible, <laughs> no, lovely language that we uh, that we work in. Um, you've managed to have, what, like two or three episodes without me and then couldn't resist and brought me back. So uh, thank you very much. I'm very happy Absolutely. to be here again. We do like you. And we'll link a bunch of Tristan's talks 
He's given a bunch of ranges talks, and he's also going to be speaking at a bunch of conferences coming up, so we'll link those as well. If you happen to be in the cities that Tristan's going to be speaking at, you can come say hi, attend a conference, and uh, it'll be awesome. All right, Ben, you can give a brief introduction, and then we'll enter, or maybe we'll do like a little C++ now recap, but yeah, introduce yourself first, Ben. Uh, uh, yeah, my name is Ben Dean. I'm a, I'm a principal engineer at Intel, where I work in the chipsets group on power management. Um, programming the embedded microcontroller that is inside the chip package that controls power to other parts of the chip. Uh, that's my that's my current job. I am a sometime conference speaker. I just I just did two talks at C now last week, and introductions are best if they're brief. So there you go. Some sometimes conference speaker is quite modest. I mean. Do you know off the top of your head? I think you've probably given like got to be way up in the double know. digits. Maybe a dozen. I think I, maybe a lot. fifteen something like that. I don't know. You've got you keep the YouTube playlist of my talks, Connor. Yeah, yeah. We I think when we had you on one of the times, uh, so yeah, many of too. Ben's talks are like in my favorite talks, uh, and I know a bunch of other people. It's the same. So what is it? There's um, it's easy to use, hard to hard to misuse. Coding in like declarative C++. That one, I think at one point, might still be, uh, was my favorite talk. Actually, it's after Sean Parent's uh, C++ seasoning. But it was it's always been like a top three talk. That along, I, there was like a phase where I went through a bunch of like declarative programming talks. Kevlin Henney's uh, declarative thinking, declarative programming, something like that. Those two are just like, they're like must watches. When people ask me for C++ talks, um, along with Sean, C++ seasoning, that talk, Kevlin Henney's talk. Um, your uh, algorithmic empire one where you show the ways to use stood, accum- stood accumulate a bunch of different ways. It's like a must watch in my opinion. Anyways, we'll we'll link the playlist to all of them. On my secret um, playlist I have because I, I do keep a playlist so I can keep track of my own talks but I never watch them. Um, 35 videos but that probably that includes dupes from different com- with the same talks at different conferences and that includes lightning talks as well. And that And it doesn't yet it doesn't yet have the talk from last week. I feel week. like I've given that many talks. I feel like I've given that many talks. I don't yeah, like it's not a huge amount. A huge I mean, if you number. give one talk at, at like, I, I typically only go to a couple of conferences a year, and I'll yeah. give a The talk difference is that each. Ben gives much better talks than <laughs> I give. It's not about the quantity here. It's about the quality. It, it is, and for that reason, I try not to, my, my maximum at per conference is two, and usually one. Yeah, I think the 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 thing about those talks that I mentioned is like the number of times in a talk where something is said that like makes you think, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh wow, that's a good. I didn't think about that before. Like I remember probably the first time I saw an immediately invoked lambda expression used as like a declarative way to do like you know uh, if expressions in Kotlin or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I can't remember if that was the exact example you used. Um, but you showed that and I was like, oh, that's so nice. Like, and you had this thing where you went from before and after and added a const. And I was just like, that is, that's very nice. And I, I might have even seen it in another talk before. I know oh, Phil I'm Nash sure has given some talks like that. But sometimes like you watch a talk at a certain point and it hits you at the right time. Yeah. Links to all of those things for both Tristan's talks, Ben's talks, conferences, etc. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll make this first part of this episode, if, if Ben, because you just spent the last week at C++ Now. If you want to give yeah. like a, a little recap of the two talks you gave and like 
Any sure. highlights of things people should watch out when the C++ Now things start coming on coming online? Uh, well, the, the sort of overarching theme of the conference was safety and security. How we do that in C++, if we can do that in C++ in some cases, you know, and how, how we might get there. Did you guys did you guys solve it? Was there Oh yeah, was no, there we solved it now. It's solved now. Yeah. Perfect. No, there are lots of different approaches, right? There's uh and uh yeah. So that was the theme of the conference. My two talks, um well, I originally I had I had I submitted two. One was accepted, uh in the interest of, you know, just speaker diversity that's cool both were highly reviewed um and then and then bob bob steagle the conference chair reached out to me and said you know this this other talk you submitted uh would you mind sort of keeping it in the back pocket in case we have speakers who can't make it or whatever and indeed that's what happened so i end up giving yeah giving one talk it was pretty much first thing monday monday morning I got subbed in for a, for a speaker who couldn't make it. Wait, 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 when when were you informed that you needed to give the second talk? Was it like you showed up uh, at the conference and they're like, oh, yeah, we need you to No, it was a couple of weeks speak. before that I was keeping okay, it. Right. But that talk I had already given exciting. at the local meetup and to friends. And in, uh, I'd already given it like three times. Ha- so I can give that one at the top of the Have we told the story on this conference about the time that a C++ Now speaker didn't show up. I don't. All right, strap strap yourselves in. Wait. Wait. The year I'm on. I'm on the edge of my seat, get, wanting to know the title of this talk that Ben gave. Let's pause your oh, pause yeah, the story. <laughs> I'm like I'm like waiting. What have I seen this one at a meetup or was is this uh, is this watchable? No, okay. Is this a new talk? So so are you pausing Bryce? Or are you pausing me? Yeah, we're pausing. We're pausing, Bryce. We will okay. let Bryce tell the story. I promise you, Bryce. You hang sure. on. Uh, he's very excited. He was asleep for the first twenty minutes, but now he's awake because he's he's got an exciting story to tell. So, so the first talk was um, entitled "Calendrical C Wait, what? Calendrical C plus um, plus. I, I don't. I don't. Calendar understand. calculations. Okay. All right. Now. And I um, what was really nice, and you know, this sort of often happens, is I, I submitted it and I thought this is a really niche topic. You know, it's a it's a fun and entertaining talk, but but you know, like at C plus plus now, the, the the goal is the people in the room have fun and learn something, not necessarily that the talk is of a very wide interest, right? That's that's a better goal, I think. Anyway, so I submitted it and I saw that against all odds, another talk about calendar calculations was submitted, and it was actually very complimentary <laughs> with mine. Um, Cassio Neri gave that one and um, I, I met Cassio for the first time at this conference and uh, you know with our common interest of geeking out about calendars we, we hit it off straight away so that was the first talk I talked mostly about how to calculate the date of Easter <laughs> I so we, we've, we've mentioned this on the podcast before is this not something that wars have been fought over uh well, I don't know about that specifically over the date of Easter. Um, it's true that the wars have hindered calendar changes, famously in Sweden in the early 1700s. My, my understanding, and this is from listening to some uh, uh, British history podcasts, is that the uh, there are times in uh, in 
in the his- history of the British people where <laughs> there have been conflicts fought over the different uh, maybe 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 this is a little bit uh, uh, reductionist, but that different camps had different uh, uh, you know religious beliefs, and that there was at least one to- period of time where one of the major differences between two sects was how they uh, what they considered Easter, like how they calculated the date of Easter. I'm unaware of a specific war, but I mean it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. There was there were several different competing. Uh, Ways to calculate it. We're talking about the. I'm thinking of the the early days, or the, the let's say the late days of the Western Roman Empire. Yes, Tristan, you were going to say something. I was just going to say I don't recall hearing like there had certainly been you know religious things, um, like Protestants and Catholics for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but I think certainly these days the Church of England, and the Catholic Church, use the same date for Easter. I don't know if it's always been yes. so. Uh, so, it was fixed by the the first council of Nicaea in 325 uh, CE. A little while ago, then. They yeah they they tried to fix it because because the Roman Empire was large and they couldn't uh, they couldn't really tell everyone this is when Easter is. You know, if you're if you're living in the very early days of Christianity, you probably are friends or used to be yourself Jewish. So you could ask your local rabbi when Passover is, and then you would know when Easter is. <laughs> uh, but as the Roman Empire grew and expanded, people on the fringes didn't have that uh, <laughs> that capability so so well. So they tried to fix it, and they basically said um, uh, the spring equinox is the twenty first of March. They they defined that to be the twenty first of March, um, and they said Easter is going to be. We'll take the first full moon on or after the spring equinox, and we will. Uh, take the Sunday after that. And importantly, if the full moon is on a Sunday, you have to wait the full week for the next Sunday. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> easy enough to say. <laughs> the the, the uh, like Eastern Orthodox churches have a different date. You are dead right. They they still keep to the Julian calendar. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. So that was the difference there. So, yeah, there are two algorithms, the one for the Julian calendar, and then after the Gregorian reforms from 1583, the, the Gregorian calendar version. Uh, but they're both, I mean, Julian and Gregorian are very, very similar calendars. Um, what may be more interesting, you know, a tidbit of information I found out was that, um, so the, the, the way we calculate leap years in the Gregorian calendar is well known. It's every four years, except except every 100 years, except every 400 years, right? Which is to say, if the year is a century, it has to be divisible by 400. Um, I think everyone on this call probably knows that, and most of our listeners do too. It's a first-year CS sort of... Well, mostly because we were all alive in the year 2000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's FizzBuzz, and then it's like calculating a leap year. Right. uh, (laughs) But but the Orthodox churches and the countries, several countries, Eastern European um, mostly... um, don't have the set, although they're on the Gregorian calendar as a civil calendar sort of thing. They they don't have the same leap year algorithm. Um, instead of doing two century leap years every eight hundred years, they do two century leap years every nine hundred years, which is at least at the moment slightly more accurate with respect to how the Earth goes around the Sun. Um, so so they they do the leap years on the two hundreds and the six hundreds after dividing by 900 after modding by 900 so why why hasn't any has anybody ever tried to do like 
metric time or like base 10 time. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah. the yeah. French Revolutionary uh, period was famous for oh, that. That's right. You know. How did um, that work out for them? Uh, well, it, the thing about Canada is it, it, it's fine, but, you know, it's fine if you if you decide that, but the rest of the world kind of has to decide that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it may also interest you to know that, that um, in, in 1928, the UK passed the an act fixing the date of Easter to the the second the Sunday after the second Saturday in April, and and that law was passed and never brought into force, as they say. Well, it's unclear quite what brought into force means, but it basically means no no church has ever paid attention to it, and they're the people who really decide Easter. So, yeah. and perhaps it would be more confusing if if you know the UK had unilaterally decided that. <laughs> It's like garbage collection in C plus plus eleven. You know, it was technically a thing that no no compiler implemented, and then they just removed it at some point. In, a week uh, or two ago, I heard somebody 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 expressed to me that garbage collection that that, that they were happy to have seen garbage collection support added in C plus plus eleven, and I was a little bit surprised by that. Well, it got taken out. So yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, they were sad to see it removed. Then perhaps. I, I did not have the heart to tell them that <laughs> it had been removed. You know, uh, what you're getting here is the very condensed version, and I'll cut it off there because because I've been going down the rabbit hole for like a year. And so <laughs> what actually happened there was Ava said to me, you know, you've, you've been reading books, you've been spending so much time learning about all this stuff, you'd better make a talk <laughs> out of this. <laughs> I want to see. Um, I want to see this amount to something other than just a bunch of trivia. Exactly. Exactly. No, no, no. Stop stop talking to me about this. Talk to other people about this, so I don't have to hear this anymore. Yeah, yeah. And look at that—you made like a best friend at C plus plus now that also uh, nerds out about the exact same thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So Cassio's talk was about uh, calculate the calculation for changing between days since epoch, converting days since epoch into year month day. And vice versa. Okay. So it's like a little, well, actually, I don't know how it works in Excel, but something like that Excel thing, you know, you don't, you don't select the right number format and you get this big number. Oh, I guess. uh, Yeah. Roughly, roughly speaking, I'm not actually sure if they use, they use like 1970 something, I think in Excel. So I don't, I don't think that's the, the same thing, but anyway, so that was my backup talk. My, my sort of real talk, my, my. My talk, which was new for C++ now, was about uh, applicative functors. Ooh, category I, theory. I called it the forgot. Well, not cat. I'm not a big category theorist. I go in for practicalities. But um, I mean that that is a term from category theory, though, isn't well, it? Well, right? sure, if you like. <laughs> for me, it's a term from you know learning Haskell and functional programming, and uh, yeah, it it is from category theory. But the subtitle of the talk was The Forgotten Functional Pattern, because I feel like, you know, the genesis of this talk was me reading papers that come out every month on the C++ mailing and seeing all these things proposed and seeing people say, you know, functor this and monad that. And, and you know, we have monadic functions for optional. We have monadic functions for stood expected, although it's not widely fan, uh, trumpeted. Uh, the sender's receiver's proposal is based on you know, uh, the continuation monad. But nobody ever mentions applicative. And uh, it's super useful. So that was what my talk was about. 
Well, I will put links. Well, so probably the way it's going to work is these things are going to get rolled out slowly. So I will put unlinked links <laughs> in the show <laughs> notes, and I will update them as these C++ Now videos. Uh, are you going to give me be giving these talks at uh, any other conferences coming up? Or I know you're going to be at C++. I'm going to be at CPP North. Yeah, I'm keynoting there, and I need to figure out what my keynote will be. <laughs> it's all right. You got a couple months, so. I got, I got a couple of months. Um, but they did put in my applicative talk a special nerd snipe for you, Connor. Oh yeah, I'm, I was yeah. I was thinking that uh, you've got uh, you've got your identifying monoids talk, which is also a fantastic talk. So are you putting? To, I, I mean, you just said it's not about category theory, but are you putting this category? Are you making like a unofficial category theory adjacent series of talks for like a, the pla- the practical? Well, that's not. I'm not working from that goal. No, uh, my my goal is you know, to expose practical applications of what happen to be functional programming techniques that, that I find really useful and I think more people could benefit from knowing about. Um, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, produce an oeuvre of category theory adjacent work. <clears throat> Interesting. Well, you you're, you seem like you're kind of like a mini Bartosh, you know, minus the uh, full-blown uh, category theory uh, rabbit <laughs> hole, but, uh, you know, category theory for person that doesn't understand abstract mathematics and just wants to <laughs> have patterns to use in code. Yeah. I mean, you could look at it that way. One, one of the things about this applicative talk was I highlighted like um, maybe the reason why people don't use it so much is because everyone, everyone explains it in the Haskell formulation and that is not a particularly useful formulation for C++. So I took a different tack. I tried to explain it with a different formulation, which is much more applicable to C++. Interesting. I will be waiting on the edge of my seat for this to be uh, to be released. So that definitely does sound very interesting. Yeah, it's it's right up your alley too, Tristan. Uh, yeah, sure. Functional functional style collection oriented programming. Any other things we should uh, we, you want to highlight or things people should watch out for uh, on the interwebs for coming out of C plus plus now? It's you know safety's been solved, so I guess uh, <laughs> yeah. we look we look forward to some talk or some announcement uh, detailing that. Uh, any favorite talks? It's hard to pick, you know. Um, I did enjoy um, most of the, all of the talks I, I went to. Um, it was, but C++ now was back up to full strength this year. Um, Wait, which talks didn't you like? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was just, <laughs> I, there were none that I did not like. They were, they were all good. Um, on the, on other topics, uh, I'm trying to remember, Timur gave a, a two-parter on um, low latency C++. That, that was interesting because it's... And it's interesting having worked in games and finance, and of course, Timor's worked a lot in audio. Um, interesting to sort of think about the differences between those. Um, the big difference really is is hard deadlines. So hard, hard-ish. I mean, nobody dies if you miss the deadline, hopefully, but... Um, but in audio and in games, you have a hard deadline for you know the next when the next frame of sound needs to be rendered or when the next frame of the game needs to be rendered. Uh, whereas in finance, you you have a deadline. You don't know what it is. You just have to be faster than the next person. It's a <laughs> it's a it's a different sort of um, Thing. So you're optimizing for, in many cases, you're optimizing for the, you know, when you have a hard deadline in audio, you're optimizing for the the worst case. You want to stay, you want the worst case to stay within that deadline. 
Whereas in finance, you are not optimizing to keep the worst case in a deadline. You're optimizing for being fastest in the best case, probably. Interesting. Yeah, I never actually thought about that. It's an interesting way of looking at it. All right. Well, we'll put Timur's Timur links to Timur's talks, and we'll just we'll. I'm sure there's a C plus plus now 2023 playlist that we'll we'll link. So those that are interested. Uh... All right. We'll wrap. We'll wrap the C plus plus now episode part one of this discussion, and we will transition. Wait, hang on. We gotta do my oh. story. Okay. How long is this story gonna take? <laughs> I don't know. I never really know until I get into it. All right. Well, listener, we might be listening to a little chipmunk Bryce here, uh, depending on how entertaining this story is. But you go ahead. It's a good story. If you if you if you zoom if you fast forward through this, you're gonna the listener is gonna is gonna revolt. No, they're they're gonna be unhappy. It depends on. uh, I know my people. If the the listener is Zach, I think he's gonna be quite happy about it because he told me personally. uh. (laughs) All right. Someone didn't show up. What happened? The year is. I remember this. Um, I was I was we, there. You were there. Um, I think Chandler, I don't know if you were one of the people. Ch- I don't remember anyone other than Chandler who talked, <laughs> but I know that Chandler demoed. I think he demoed Heartbleed or demoed I Finding he, he Heartbleed, Heartbleed with yeah. with fuzzing. And he was never heard from again. Never heard from again. So do with that what you will. Let's just get like a out of five stars, Tristan, Ben. How do we feel about that story? Remember that I am your friend. <laughs> Don't remember that. <laughs> I um, I mean, I I I. If you haven't got anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's getting sped up. It's getting sped oh. up, and I'm gonna. What is it? The three-star rating is like would be good for the conferences, but issues may exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to speed it up uh, and too. then slow it down I right for Ben's voice. I was hoping that Tristan would, would <laughs> be nice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's a trouble because I've done this several times now. I begin to feel a bit more comfortable. Yeah. And, um, you know, all of my, my – everything's coming out now. I can't, I can't pretend to be nice anymore. <laughs> My favorite guests are the ones that roast Bryce. I don't Zach. I mean, I, obviously, Sean is, you know, Sean is Sean. But Zach, I don't think I've laughed so hard from Zach just being like, all right, Bryce, quiet down. Quiet down, Bryce. We get <laughs> it. We get it. Zach legitimately has to be one of the funniest <laughs> people in C++. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious. So. My, fi- my favorite thing, though, is, is, is uh, when Zach and David Sankel interact together. Those two are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, David's David's talk with his kids still one of my favorite things that I've ever. I was so shocked he gave this. Can't even remember the title. It was like monoids, monads, and uh, applicative functional functors patterns. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And he gave it at CppCon, and he it was a pre-recorded, so he had his kids in it, and he had them like it was as if he was teaching them category theory and had them act out little bits and like what's a monad? <laughs> well, glad you asked, kids. <laughs> it was just so entertaining. 
Be sure to check your show notes either in your podcast app or at adsppodcast.com for links to any of the talks or topics that we mentioned in today's episode, as well as a link to a GitHub discussion where you can leave comments, questions, or thoughts on today's episode. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed and have a great day.